Hi, Michael. Hello, Tola. Happy, happy New Year. Happy Merry... New Year to you too. I don't know if you guys celebrate Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Listen, I celebrate anything that involves eating. Well, I thought you, you liberals uh, don't call it Christmas anymore. Apparently, it's not happy holidays. You should stop consuming so much American TV. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Sorry, American liberals don't want, don't like the mention of Christmas. I think that's nonsense. And the thing is, what really worries me is how much like, how much Americanization of our thought processes and things we're concerned about there is in the world today. Well, yes, it's uh, it's about culture because that's the soft power, isn't it? Which is yes, in a strange yes. way, one of the things where I'm happy with what uh, Nollywood is doing because they are also spreading Nigerian soft power. Yes. And I'm a hypocrite on, on that regard because I like Nigerian soft power. In fact, if I had it my way, everybody yeah. would only buy Nigerian things, especially in Africa, drive Nigerian yeah. cars, patronize Nigerian tailors, all that shit. Only listen to Nigerian music. Yeah, so I suppose that's the uh, contradiction, isn't it? We mm -hmm. don't like it when it's America doing it, but we love it when it's Nigeria. Yes, because but, that way it makes me feel good. No, it, it truly <laughs> shocked me because I remember going to a wedding in the in a village in Uganda, and all the music was just literally Nigerian uh, from Nigerian artists. Even some I was even embarrassed because I didn't know many of them. You but see your life. You see your life, Michael. Had spread. Mm. No, the local artists complain all the time that all people play is Nigerian music. Yes. No, there was there was a tweet one time on, on Twitter, I don't know if you saw it, where the guy was like, look, Ghanaians are now starting to dress like Nigerians at their weddings, <laughs> singing Nigerian songs in their church. You're not Nigerian. <laughs> well, at least we now know how the Americans feel when people are complaining about them. I beg you, me, I like it, Joe. I don't like the American one. Okay? Yeah. No, but to be honest, I think these guys have done so much for us, even beyond Africa, because... You know how there's many white British people now who listen to Afrobeat? Yeah. And in a way, it has helped race relations because even when you apply for jobs now, you find people in HR departments who who like Nigerian music. I mean, little things like that. Oh, yeah. Your chances of getting a job in the company. I mean, if they can identify with the culture, it sort of gives yeah. you a leg up, sort of, you know. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, there's definitely some upsides to it. Yeah. I mean, look, to me, soft power boost a country's economy exponentially if you had the right set of leaders who knew what to do with it you get yeah me? yeah but yeah. not not these anyway we shall start let's start the podcast <laughs> welcome to the popular the flat series with me your favorite political pop culture critic afro seven with my favorite guest michael yeah. thank you hello listeners again happy new year to you happy holidays happy christmas uh Michael, uh, at Nigeria's best, uh, always good to be on the show. Yes, and it's always good to have you. Now, we have a lot of things to talk about. A lot, oh, yeah. a lot. Because, I mean, it's been a while, <laughs> and this is our first coming together in the new year. So, everything that's happened from, I don't know, November till now, we've got to discuss. Um, yeah. We will start with the PDP. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then we will move. <laughs> then we'll move to what the campaign looks like uh, now. Yeah. And uh, anything else that Michael thinks is pertinent and relevant, we'll touch on as well. But uh, yeah. we're recording this the day following the presidential debate to which Atiku and Buhari didn't turn up. Yeah. Now, I want to know your thoughts on this, Michael. I Essentially, I want you to give your thoughts on 
all these things. I want to mostly be quiet because I'm tired of my own voice. So I want to hear what you think about the debates last night. Let's start from there. Well, the I think the uh, key point is a, a debate is, is useful and it's helpful for democracy. But at the end of the day, it's also a tactical tool that various parties use to their advantage. Now, for me, my personal view is the fact that Buhari did not show up was a was a negative for the APC because it once again communicates the fact that this man has no respect for Nigerians. And the reality of the situation is Buhari is an employee of the Nigerian people. That's right. And it just means you actually call a meeting. The shareholder, the, the board of directors call a meeting and the CEO tells them to get away that he's not coming. And he doesn't even attempt to even explain. He just says, look, I'm not coming. That's basically what uh, Buhari did yesterday, and it's a continuation of what he's always done. For Atiku, I mean, two minds. Personally, if I was advising Atiku, I would have said, look, don't go, because your main opponent is Buhari. The only person who has something to lose is you, because if you go there and Obi or Fela or Mogalu give you a thrashing, then it damages your reputation. So from a tactical point of view, Atiku was sensible to not go. But on the other hand, if I were an objective or sort of floating voter, I would have wanted to see Atiku square up with Obi and Mogalu to help me decide who I thought had the sufficient intellectual firepower to be president. So from that point of view, I can see why they are generally annoyed, i.e. the ordinary voters. Mm. But, I, but I think Atiku can rectify that by holding many more town hall meetings. And when I mean holding town hall meetings, I mean, I don't mean those kind of meetings where you plant your people in, in the audience to be asking mm. you foolish questions. Mm. The sort of thing where you can even meet with unbiased uh, opposi- uh, civil society groups and say, look, you guys choose the participants. Let me have a no holds barred Q&A with these people. So I think uh, Atiku can fix that problem. But Buhari's own is, uh, personally, I think it's unfixable. I'm just genuinely surprised that no matter how low he goes, he still seems to have supporters. Yes, but you know how that goes. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think that d- the debates move the needle politically? No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so because... All right, All right. wait, wait. Let me stop you there. So you don't think the debates move the needle, yes? No. Okay. But you also think that Atiku could have been damaged by Obi, Fela, or Kingsley? Yes. If, if Atiku had been there, then it would have made a difference because there are many... Because at the end of the day, the person that wins is the person that can steal the votes that the APC used to have. But the and but you don't think the debates move the needle, so how... Yes, because I think it was not there, so there was no... No, 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 I didn't mean the debate, I didn't mean that debate, I mean debates in general in Niger, do you think they move the needle? Oh yes, they, they do, because they give insight into the thinking capacity of the person contesting, like... Okay. A lot of people who have turned away from Buhari is because they've seen the various uh, events or interviews he's held, and they've seen that, oh, this dude is even uh, more clueless than we thought. Okay. So, so yes, it, it, it would help if, if, the, if, if big players were taking part, then yes, it would move the needle. I um, I, like you, I looked at it from two angles, but I think we differ in the sense that I think Atiku missed a big chance. He was riding high from his U.S. visit. Um, 
And I think that if he had perhaps braver political consultants and if he himself were braver, he could have risked it. He could have risked it in the sense that he had a comeback for Obi and that she served under the most successful governments Nigeria's had to date, post-democracy. Yep. She was given leeway to do what she thought was right under two different portfolios. Kingsley himself was appointed under a PDP government, one that didn't interfere much with the CBN as his own record, and he was allowed to do his job without much interference. So from that angle, I don't think they would have had much on him personally. Now, where the damage would have occurred would have been with the brand, the PDP brand. But as for Atiku himself, he has evidence by Obi's stellar public service and record, and Kingsley himself touting his time and experience at the CBN under the PDP. Do you understand? So I think when you look at it from that angle, he could have shut them up. But I do think you have a point in the sense that Nigerians want change, but they just don't believe that they're enough to force change. So having Atiku there, would have, he would have been the target, you know, the, the, the person who represents all the problems in Nigeria today. So it would have been easy for them to go at him. But um, again, like I said, I'm in two minds about that. And I, I, as, as a member of the public, I was disappointed that he didn't come. I was even more disappointed with the grandstanding because I think it was obvious to everybody that Buhari did not have the physical capacity or the mental strength to really participate in the debate, and he would not have shown up. So I don't understand why they came to be folding his Agbada in the lobby, acting as if he was really going to go and debate. The fellow was never, Atiku was never going to debate. Because Buhari was never going to turn up. So there was no need to insult us with all that grandstanding. It was unnecessary, please. Well, well that's, that's one of the... I think I have two, two, response, two comments on that. The, the first is, the, you know, if you understand the APC, they, they, they lie a lot. So Atiku had to be physically present there to be able to show that, look, I came and it was Buhari that didn't show up, that's why I'm leaving. Mm. Because... If Atiku did not turn up and do his agbada, as you said, and said, and said, I'm not coming because Buhari is not coming, APC can easily lie and say, actually, Buhari was on his way. And it was... Which dirty way? He was in Bauchi. <laughs> yeah, but you know the way that people lie. They wish they take say Buhari was on his way and he heard Atiku was not coming, so he decided not to come. So with APC, you literally have to beat them at their game. Otherwise, they'll, just, they'll, they'll flip the, the strip and say, mm. you who didn't show up. Mm. But on to the second point as to why I would have advised Atiku from a tactical reason not to go is the truth of the matter is Atiku, for all his strength, is not very articulate. That's true. That's the only true. reason why he sounds super smart is because his opponent but, is yeah, Buhari. Yeah, because Buhari is so lethargic mentally. Yeah. So if Atiku had gone head to toe with someone like Mogalu or Obi, then it would have been obvious that this dude is, 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 is not very articulate. Mm, mm. Because at the end of the day, the reason why people are supporting Atiku is we're not saying he's the best. We're saying he's better than the incumbent. Yeah, yeah, he, he's the best that can beat Buhari. Mm. But if he was a perfect race, then Mogalu or Obi would be head and shoulders above Buhari. Yes, yes. I mean, I am Atiku. Yes, yes. Yeah, so no, that's why they kept I agree, him up because they want people to see it. Yeah, I I agree. I think I think that makes sense. I mean, I was still disappointed, but I think I think you're right. I think that makes that makes perfect sense. But in that sense, I mean, I think it showcased. It made me sad because it showcased the fact that we have to make do with these men that are in no way, shape, or form what we need. But we've convinced ourselves that they are the best we can do. Whereas people who are way better are there and available, and for various reasons, be they ethnic or political, religious, financial, 
we don't pay them due attention, you know, and it's well, it's it's really quite sad. But well, hey, no, I suppose the the, the the counterpoint to that, which probably applies to you and all of you guys who supported Buhari, was why is it now that everybody's angry that people didn't show up to debate? Why did they not show up? No, I was angry that he didn't show up to debate. Don't ever get it twisted. I said it very publicly that he had no. The first one he claimed was organized by um, the NTA, hence it would have been biased. I said, okay, fine, let me give you the benefit of the doubt. But the second one was not. It was organized by, you know, public, civil civil um, society and all that. So to me, he had no excuse to not show up to the second debate. And I said it publicly. So don't don't bring that line yeah. now to me. No, I don't, I don't remember this. But if, if you did, then I, I accept. No, I mean, what it, 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 it's obvious, right? If you're asking people to vote for you, the least you can do is to honor a debate. We're not saying, okay, we knew what we had in 2015. Let's be honest. Jonathan was not the best public speaker. And we knew what Buhari, or at least I heard him speak. And it wasn't like I was moved. Do you understand? So, I mean, I think that the, 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 the stage was even for them. You know, the, the difference would have been their ideas. And I yeah. thought he should have stepped up and spoken to the people, and he didn't. And people are telling me, oh, is rigged, is this? I was like, oh, I mean. So, but the thing is, you have to admit, is his handlers knew why did he want to go forward. Oh, yes. Because this, oh, yes. this in quotations, lifelessness they're describing about him did not start yesterday. You're right. In 2015, it was obvious to them as well mm -hmm. that this dude did not know what he was talking about. The whole plan was, Mm -hmm. We'll get him into office, and we would manipulate him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, they've, they've, they've succeeded in doing that. I mean, the the APC, the ACN fac faction of the APC hasn't succeeded, but yeah. the CPC faction certainly has. Yeah. So, yeah. so that was my, that's my view, and a lot of people have said that on social media as well, that we should have been stronger in 2015 on, on Buhari for not doing that. Many people said uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, even no, if he brings Nepal bill. We are behind him. No, so, it, it matters. It matters that um, when your candidates don't debate, to me, it, it means that they're hiding something. And what they're hiding is a lack of intellectual rigor necessary to really govern the country and to do things differently than they've been done. And yeah. that applies to Buhari as well. And I suppose it's it's my bad that I was willing to overlook that. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, I, I thought I thought I thought the government was a failure then, and I maintained that stance, and that's fine. <laughs> this this government is just a bigger failure, hence it must go. So I'm 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 following I'm following my 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 I'm being consistent on that front. To be fair, um, okay. So that that's that about that with the debate. Um, yeah. I was in I was in Lagos uh, during December. I had the pleasure to speak to some of my political Igmo on the yeah. happenings on the political scene and. Um, well, Michael, things are very interesting um, in Lagos, not to, you know, for example, but we don't really need to go into Lagos. I mean, I think it's obvious to everybody what's going on there. Um, but on a national stage, Bukola Saraki, as the director of the Atiku campaign, your opinions on that, one, two, Bukola Saraki's races, and I say races because there's a senatorial seat and there's the gubernatorial seat in yeah. Kwara. The, you know, there's that. The APC's disbarment from com, uh, from contesting in rivers, there's also yeah. that to discuss. Um, there is also 2023 vis-a-vis -vis 2019. Now, yeah. a lot of people have said the race for, 2020, uh, for 2019 is really a precursor for 2023. Yeah. So, let's start with Kwara and Bukola Saraki. Now, I was speaking to one of my Igbo, and he was saying to me, he reckons 
the APC has, the PDP rather, pardon me, has made three mistakes since Atiku emerged as a candidate. One was going to Dubai, thus cutting short the momentum Atiku enjoyed when he emerged as a candidate. Two was appointing Saraki as his as the DG of his campaign because Saraki is in a battle for his political life in Quara, hence he can't devote as much attention to um, Atiku's campaign as he should. And three is the emergence of Peter Obi as the candidate. Not Peter Obi being the VP candidate, rather the way he emerged. What do you have to say to these three things, Michael? Well, so start with the one of the top which is, I presume, PDP going to Dubai instead of Atiku going to Dubai. Uh, the reality of the situation is APC or Buhari's government is not playing fair with the political process. So, for example, if you notice, PDP has not had a presidential dinner because they are literally using that executive order to freeze the accounts of anybody who seems like they might even donate money to the PDP. So everybody has literally gone on the ground. So APC, the PDP would never have been able to hold their strategy meeting in Nigeria. The APC would have disrupted it and have blocked the venue, arrested somebody there, or concocted some reason, oh, they're ashamed, there's money laundering going, they've arrested real people. <laughs> so, they came in so, with bags of money. <laughs> yeah. So it's a bit unfair for the same APC people to be saying that Buhari uh, made a tactical mistake. The truth of the matter is... Um, I didn't I tell you that the Agbo I was speaking to was an APC guy. Don't okay. be presumptuous. Okay, let's say a few the person isn't. But I'm saying, so they can, you cannot now use that same uh, reason against Atiku. Atiku has to do what he has to do, which mm -hmm. is, if they're not going to give you a fair political playground in your country, you have to go where you feel safe. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons why he chose Dubai is, like I tweeted earlier, I know from authoritative sources that... Tinubu himself was in active negotiations with Atiku to see if he could cross over to their side. So those kind of consultations don't take place in Nigeria. Everybody travels abroad, and Dubai is the place where they can all go and hide and have their meetings, and then all come back in different uh, on different flights and pretend like, oh, I've never seen this dude before. So the Dubai meeting was more than just the general political strategizing. It was also people going there to negotiate to see what could be done. So, in that sense, I, I, I disagree with the, the quotation of Egmont, who thinks PDP made a tactical mistake. Okay. Uh, the second, with regards to uh, Saraki himself, obviously, it's, it's public knowledge. I think Saraki is uh, very intelligent, very talented, but I also think he comes with a lot of uh, baggage, because in my personal view, a lot of the things he criticized Tinubu for doing in Lagos is what Saraki is doing in Quara. That's right. So... What what has done is it has put him at loggerheads with Buhari because I think Buhari now sees his war against Saraki as a personal uh, mm -hmm. battle. Mm -hmm. The same way Buhari decided to deploy resources to get Fayoshe out. Yeah. So in that regard, I can see why it makes sense that they should have put someone else there who perhaps who was less distracted to run the campaign. But I, I don't I don't know if I can think of anybody else in the PDP who has his level of uh, the heft, the political heft he's got. Yeah, not many people DG. have that. Because yeah. I, I can think of intelligent people. Maybe Osita Chidoka could have done the job. But he doesn't but, have the same gravitas. Yes. So I, I see why. The, the, basically, 
ABC has created a, 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 a an unlevel playing field. So ABC PDP is having to do what they have to do. If this was a norm, if this was maybe 2015 when Jonathan made the system relatively fairer, I can then agree that what is Saraki doing here? He should go and he should focus on one thing. But in a situation whereby the, the game is not fair, then PDP is just having to manage with whatever resources they can get. So that's why I don't blame them for that. Then the third is uh, Peter Obi as the vice president. Uh, as you know, the, the problem with the southeast is it's a very Republican culture. So unlike maybe south-south or even southwest, where you can pick one candidate and everybody rally around him, the southeasterners generally believe that every single one of them should have been the vice presidential candidate. So I don't think there was ever going to be a peaceful way to appoint your um, running mate from that region. I, I mean, I think you're also overlooking some things, which is men in the region have their own ambitions. You yeah. feel me? So the emergence of Obi threatens the continued, uh, 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 the continued position of Ikurimadu. Yeah. The emergence of Obi threatens whatever ambition, uh, what's his name, Big Willie of Anambra, oh, oh, uh, Obiano, yeah. whatever ambition he has, the emergence of, of Obi threatened that. So as yeah. well as the Republican nature, there are also personal and immediate ambitions that are threatened by Obi being the vice presidential candidate. Yes, but the, thing, the same happened with in the southwest in 2015. Mm -hmm. There were many people who, who thought they should have gotten that ticket. Tinubu, uh, Fashola, Amosun, there were a few other people. But yes, yes. when Buhari picked, they just all calmed down. They didn't still get angry. Mm -hmm. For the southeast, I think culturally it's different. So even after somebody has been chosen, it will still take them a while to accept that, look, a decision has been made. So I think there's, there's a cultural side to it. But from, from my own personal view, if I had to pick a vice president from the southeast, I think Obi was the best choice because not only did he have a stellar record as governor, but he's very popular outside of the southeast. Yeah. So I think that was I think was best decision for running mate. So mm -hmm. I, I think the others just need to pipe down and just accept it and, and get around the candidates. Yeah, I mean the the noises I'm hearing out of Anambra from my own sources are not good. Yeah. You know, um, there are allegations that. Obiano is actively working with the Bahari campaign. Well, yes, that's, um, that's, that's no secret. <laughs> and that Ekwerimadu, at best, can be said to be indifferent, at best. But at worst, can be said to be undermining the chances of the PDP ticket nationally. Well, Obi Obiano is, uh, I don't say, I would say rightly, but he's understandably angry because he feels, for example... He was one of the people that suffered the most under Buhari's government. They tried to freeze his assets, seize his houses. He went through all kinds of persecution. He had a court case and various things. So I can see why he feels like I've been the one. Obiano or Equerimadu? Yes. Equerimadu, you mean? Yes, Equerimadu. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you should remember. They, they, they tried yes, to yes, yes. I remember, yes. So he, I can see why he feels that... Uh, I, I should be rewarded for all the suffering I've been been through. By the end of the day, if I were advising him, I'll say, look, I know you've suffered, but the truth is we're talking DP here. We need somebody who has uh, national acceptability. Yes, but Michael, being DSP and then going back to being an ordinary, in quotes, an ordinary senator is a lot to take. <laughs> no, but this is something that can be negotiated because the thing is there's no guarantee 
that Saraki's seat is safe either because if Atiku wins, you don't have a northern president, northern senate president, northern speaker, mm-hmm. and probably a northern chief justice. Yes. That itself does not make any sense. So mm-hmm. even Atiku, uh, Saraki is under pressure. So Saraki is probably going to negotiate chief of staff job for himself. So, so, so he will quit being a senator, you think? No, he probably he might have to because at the end of the day, I don't I don't see how the PDP is going to be happy with that configuration with Northerners holding all the key jobs. So somebody's going to have to step down. Uh, but you know, Kwara Kwara is in a unique position. It can be northern when it wants to be. It can be southern when it wants to be. So, no, no, trust me, PDP politicians they are also very ambitious. They will tell Saraki that look, one of one of you between Saraki and Dogara, they will say one of you needs to stand out. So. Atiku is a good business negotiator, so that's the sort of thing Ekure Madu could have gone to Atiku and said, look, I can support this ticket, but what will I get from it? And he can say, okay, fine, we'll give you Minister of Foreign Affairs or Ambassador to the United States or something. I mean, in a situation where Atiku wins and Saraki loses his senatorial seats, which I think is very unlikely, but in a situation where that occurs, Saraki is nice because Atiku will ensure that he lands a cushy job, so to speak, right? So he's nice in that area. So going, to, going back to Quara now. Yeah. Now, I spoke with sources from Quara, live and direct, and I was told that since the Saraki family entered Quara in races, pol- politically speaking, this is the toughest race they have ever had. Well, at, well, the, yeah. at the gubernatorial level, that is. Well, I, I, I definitely understand that because, obviously, the federal government is desperate, and there are many people in Quara, like in Lagos, who are not happy with a family dynasty ruling the state. Mm-hmm. And you saw what happened in 2015 with federal power and uh, a lot of disenchanted people. Tinubu almost lost Lagos in 2015. Mm-hmm. So the same thing happened in Quara. The federal government is behind uh, the APC there, and there are a lot of people who are disenchanted. So Saraki is fighting the battle of his life. In fact, even his sister, uh, Baby, is not in their camp. No, she's not. Yeah. So... Saraki is, is fighting, and then this candidate, this Razak dude, has his NYC problems as well. So these are all issues that uh, he is facing. So I'm, I'm not surprised, but I think I, I think uh, because there's the perception that he's being persecuted by Buhari, I think Saraki will sail through because I sense that the Emir of Ilori is probably behind him as well. And yeah, the Emir of Ilori is definitely behind him because Saraki guaranteed that. Quara, I mean Ilori itself rather, not Quara, Ilori would continue to have an emir as opposed to an oba. So there, yes. is, there is that support that he enjoys well, yes. from so, the royal house in Quara. So I, I see, to be honest, in my, my own personal view is, I want to see many states flip, both on the PDP and APC side. Mm-hmm. It will make so politics that, much better, actually. Yes, yeah, so I don't want any party to feel that they're invincible. Uh, we are comfortable. Mm. Mm. So, and me personally, I'm, I'm annoyed that after all the noise we made about Kemi Adeoshu, Saraki now presents a candidate in uh, Kwara State that hasn't done NYC. I mean, I, that, that is where I think the APC will get him. I think they are waiting to see. But the problem is, I read the law, but I read it after 2015, uh, when, yep. the, when the challenges for Abia, Rivers, and Akwaibom were presented to the state. There are post-election issues and pre-election issues, right? Yes. The NYC issue is a pre-election issue. Do you understand? So it yes. should ideally be challenged before the candidate is presented as the candidate. So I'm wondering why, till now, a legal challenge hasn't been launched. No, from what I, I think last time I was reading Premium Times, somebody has gone to court 
Okay. okay. On the issue, it's, it's basically the same thing happening in uh, Ogo State as well. Mm -hmm. With because the presidency's candidate, that that one, the other two, seems to have skipped NYC. Yeah, that's why he's lying about his Ife. He definitely went to Ife and he finished. But he can't <laughs> he can't tell the truth because then it's like, okay, so where's your NYC? Yeah. So he and uh, Razaka Tuwa in Kora State are in the same boat. But these guys but, are idiots, Michael. When you know you've got political ambitions, why don't you just do this NYC and get it over and done with? Yeah, that, that, that's what I find truly uh, confusing. So, so I, you know, to be honest, some politicians... They, they do stupid things. Nobody knows why they do it, but they do. <laughs> Honestly but, uh, speaking, I mean, my, this same Egbon, no, not not the same Egbon that told me about the disadvantage of the PDP, this same Egbon that I was speaking to about Quara was like, a lot of politicians feel that the NYC is a trap for Southern politicians. And I was like, no, I don't agree. Because you don't just wake up one day and by magic, you're a politician. You can see yeah. it coming and you know, you know what, where you're deficient. So you yep. go and you sort it out. This NYC that we're speaking of, do you know how many people don't actually do it? They show yep. their face in camp, somebody else serves, and that somebody else is getting paid. And at the end, you collect your certificate and you can go about your merry way. They know how to circumvent the system, but you're even too lazy to do that. Yeah, no, but, but that, that, that style of NYC, I predict in the next 10 to 15 years, is going to be the next scandal. Because I know that there's many people who I, I think we were even went to university with here who did that thing where they paid somebody to go to Nigeria, they went to Nigeria, paid someone to do it for them, and they got to the certificate. I, I sense that the time will come where even that is going to blow. The NYC itself needs to be scrapped, yeah? Because, I mean, I don't see what it's useful for, but that's the topic for another day. Yeah. No, but I, I, I agree with you that these people are so lazy that you can, you can even, in a way, you can even see from really the government country that. Even in the incompetence, it's just laziness. So yes. you can't even do anything properly. Even evil, you can't do evil properly. <laughs> so, because if I was planning to, okay, take power, I would know that I need to do NYC. I mean, this was Akatu, who has been in the country for years. Yes. I mean, he speaks beautifully. I like listening to yeah. him talk. But, yeah. I mean, that's neither here nor there. You, there are certain prerequisites, very easy one that you need to fulfill, and you haven't even bothered to do it. Yeah. So how then can you tell me you can govern the country properly? I mean, the state properly? I don't, I don't agree. I no, just don't they, agree. I think it's just, when you've gotten away with so much stuff, you start to get complacent. You think, oh, it doesn't matter. It's not an issue until it becomes an issue. So it, it, it's a very strange uh, political class that we yeah. have in Nigeria. Uh, all right, moving on to Rivers. So the yep. APC has been barred from contesting any post in the state owing to its shambolic primary Why, season, yes. which, to be fair, I think is great. I think is great. Going forward, hopefully this will ensure that parties do the right thing, right? Yeah. Where, in your opinion, does this leave Amichi? Because he is desperate to have some sort of footholding in Quara, right? In I mean, sorry, in Rivers, right? Yeah. Now that this has denied him any chance of such, how do you think this affects him going forward? And also, I mean, this strength without doubt this will strengthen what's his name, his hand, uh, the current Wiki. governor, Wiki. This strengthens his hand, right? Yes. No. So I, th I think uh, Amechi has two main uh, problems. The first is his his personality itself is very abrasive. Uh -huh. So he's not the kind that makes friends easily. Uh -huh. So that's that's his first political problem, even before this reverse problem. So he has many people that don't like him across uh, the country. Uh -huh. And then 
secondly, this issue is one of the because people try to advise him about this. Even Alamatiya, who is now there, try to talk to him about this. That look, your base is Rivers, is PDP. You've jumped ship to join a party that you know has no foothold in this country, in this state. So if you're signing up to Buhari, it means you are now tied to Buhari. So the moment Buhari dies or leaves office. Unless you can somehow reinvent yourself, you are toast. Now, the problem with Amechi is he has not reinvented himself. He just keeps making enemies everywhere he goes. So, the only thing that's going to keep him alive now is if Buhari wins in 2019. But if Buhari loses, and I don't know, or, or even if Buhari leaves office and Tinubu takes over, he'll be the first person to, to be, be kicked out of office because they don't like him. Hmm. So, yeah, so it's. It, I think I, I I personally think his first political miscalculation was decamping from. No, uh, I mean I think in in the long term you're right, but in the short term you're wrong. Um, given given what was on ground at the time, what he did essentially perpetuated him on the national political scene, right? In the short term, in the long term, this cartels his ambitions because where does he go from here? His like you said, his future relies on Buhari winning again. And even if Buhari does win again, there is no guarantee that he will be kept on because the way that I see it, his under-minister, the Minister of State, yeah. is being pushed, pushed, pushed into the limelight. Yeah. Either he's being pushed or he himself is grabbing the limelight. Either way, the fellow is making himself more visible, right? Which, yeah. is, which is not normal because if you think of all the other under-ministers, how many of them do you really know? You know, well, so this, this is Hadith Sirika we're talking about, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, but Sirika is Buhari's nephew. So, oh, so there so you that, go. So that's why he has more uh, profile. But I, if I were, Amechi could have easily gotten a federal job if Jonathan had won. If he was on the same side with Jonathan, they could have found him a, a key job to do. Mm, I don't so, know about that. They really went all out to undermine the guy. So I'm not sure. I mean, we, we disagree on that because we've spoken about it many times. You see it completely differently. I still remember what... He was made to suffer whilst he was the governor of Rivers. He had his house of his state house of assembly shut. He had the yeah. the judiciary tampered with. He had but soldiers. No, no, no. He had soldiers. But okay, I, I think Amechi was the one that shut the courts. But it was yeah. the FG that shut the state house of assembly. It was the FG that uh, that uh, fomented a lot of the political rift on ground. Amechi himself was not innocent. I know that, but they showed him pepper. They did show but, him but pepper. The, the the origin of the problem in the first place was Amechi started. Yes, the, the FG uh, didn't play fair, but Amechi started this whole problem in the first place. Yeah, with the redevelopment and, issue. Yes, I no, no, no. But even went beyond that. He went back all the way to Yaradua because the real problem was when Yaradua was vice president, he had no regard for Jonathan. So when there were issues concerning the South South region. He was always reaching out to either Amechi or the governor of uh, Bios at the time, Timmy Presilva. So what then happened was Amechi now felt that Jonathan was beneath him because Amechi felt that I've been doing vice presidential work because the president doesn't trust you or doesn't like you. I've been doing your job and all of a sudden you've now taken power. So that's the source of the bad blood. And the problem with Amechi is the kind that does not keep shot his trap yes yes he's like a a market man honestly i like i don't know if he has friends people that can advise him like in politics you need friends across the divide you need friends yes 
and yeah. your views you don't share because I mean exactly. even in your office not not with, certainly not with journalists yeah so because I'm sure even in various offices there might be a time where somebody is promoted above you to be manager and you know you don't think much of this person but the last thing you do is start telling people in the same office that you will definitely get back to the person yeah yeah Without so doubt. in all the stuff Amechi and TV Press Silver were saying about Jonathan obviously go back to him because Amechi in particular just talks Mm. Yeah, so, the, the fellow just talks, I know. But I mean, it's interesting. The, there are so many side power plays going on. Yeah. You know, as well as the, the main the main race, there are other little races. Okay, now, so Rivers, that means that uh, the current governor is sitting pretty because essentially he controls the entire power structure without opposition opposition right now. Yeah, so yeah, Wike, Wike is the man in charge because well, he, he's not necessarily 100% in charge, but what he's done is He's built a coalition of all the godfathers in rivers because Amechi fell out with all of them. Mm. So at the moment, they're all in Rike's camp. So yeah, so he's sitting pretty. Do you know what's funny? Yep. In as much as we all dislike Tinubu for what he's doing in Lagos, do you know so many Nigerian politicians aspire to wield the same level of power and influence he currently has? Well, yes, because Nigerian politicians by... Uh, this might sound controversial, but that's one of the reasons why I genuinely like to love Jonathan, because he was one of the few Nigerian politicians that generally had a good heart. Well, I, do, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think anybody can disagree with that, and that's partly why he did not make a good politician, Michael. Well, well, yeah, well probably say yes, he wasn't a good politician, but that's one of the reasons why I liked him, because if you take good luck out of PDP... It's the same type of characters who would, if, if they could get that kind of power that Tinubu holds in Lagos, they would do it immediately. The problem they have is the Southeast and South-South are not very good with this Godfather business. Well, I'm not sure I agree with that. I mean, the, no, South, yeah. the Southeast, sure, I'll give you that, because everybody who has tried it has failed. But yes. the South-South, hmm, I'm not well, sure the same I thing, because that. Remember, Amechi was supposed to be loyal to Kitao Dili. Mm-hmm. But as soon as Amechi got the thing, he pushed Odili out. Mm-hmm. So even Wike now, Wike is not Wike is in alliance with them, but they themselves know that they cannot tell Wike what to do. The same thing happened in Akwaibom with the first uh, governor, the architect, I forgot his name now, who brought in uh, Akpabio. They mm. fell out. Akpabio then brought this dude in and there's a separation. As well. Same thing in Cross River between Lyle Imoke and Donald Duke. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So okay, perhaps uh, you have a point there. Then. So it's uh. It's, I mean, I'm I'm also currently trying it in Ogun State, but they are not having it, which makes yeah. me quite happy. Ogun people are not having it. I think it will be a miracle if I'm also wins his seat freely and well, fairly. We're not talking about Mago Mago. Freely and fairly, it'll be a miracle if he wins. Well, the the problem with Ogun, in, in my own opinion, is it's a battle between two godfathers. Because that Abiodu dude is mm-hmm. Tinubu and... He's a money man. bag. Yeah, he's a money bag. Yeah, so this, this is two godfathers fighting over control. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that might shatter Buhari's presidency because Amosu on the one hand feels, I've been loyal to you. I'm bent over backwards and did stuff for but you. But in fairness, he has been. Because yes. Amosu is one of the reasons that Buhari was able to contain Tinubu. He was one of the reasons that APC won in Undo. Yeah. You feel me? Because yeah. 
Tinubu's candidate in Undo genuinely was more popular than the fellow who emerged the victor. But the yep. problem was they sold that same narrative to people in Undo. We don't want to be controlled from Lagos, to which yep. Amosun was one of the people that helped to amplify that message. You feel me? But then yep. he now turns around and aspires to be the exact same thing you condemned in Lagos. You want to yep. be in Ogun. Like, what, what the hell? Well, well, well that's the, the problem. There's, there's godfathers on both sides, but Buhari's uh, loyalists are now seeing that, look, we can work for this dude, but he won't repay the loyalty to us. Because that's the same thing as having to Rochester in Imo State. I mean, I really feel for Rochester, to be honest. I feel for him on a on a on on a level that's you know quite separate from his performance as a governor. Because on that, he doesn't deserve anything else from the people of his state, right? Yeah. I feel like he took a massive gamble with Buhari, and he's been shown nothing but shit since. But but that's what is happening to a lot of Buhari's loyalists, and that's why I suspect I might be wrong, but I'm predicting that there might be some kind of uh, democratic coup in, in February where a lot of people that he thought would work for him will pull back. Because what he's showing a lot of them is, look, I'm only out for me. I don't look after people. Because if I was Amosu, although I, I agree that there should be no godfathers in Ogun State, my own view is, well, Amosu has been loyal to you. Should you not at least show him some loyalty? I mean, Michael, to be honest, and this is not me absolving Buhari of anything. I don't think Buhari gives a damn about anything or anybody but himself. It's the people, exactly. it's the people around him. And again, this is not me making excuses, but you've seen, you've heard the guy talk. His capacity to really play politics the way he should be played is severely diminished. He's yeah. only convinced of his own goodness, his own righteousness. Everybody else is shit, right? Is is the people around Buhari moving the chess pieces that are trying to predict the future and seeing who they should go with and who they should leave? They have made the calculation that. Buhari has lost the southeast, be it um, Rochas uh, or whoever. They there's no there's not much luck yeah. for the APC in the southeast, so they don't rate Rochas as a result. They respect um, what's his name more, Obiano more, because yeah. Obiano they know has his own base on luck, based on yeah. performance, based on his own force of personality, all that. He's a genuine winner, no rigging, nothing. That's him, right? Yeah. And they respect that. But Rochas, he hasn't performed. He's a laughing stock. His loyalty doesn't mean much to them. And they know that they're not really going to make headway in the South. So the guy is dispensable. You feel me? They're, yeah. they're sweet talking to Nobu because they think... I mean, I was in Lagos, Michael. Now, I spoke to... Every single time I entered an Uber, poor drivers, I talked their ear off about politics, right? Yeah. Every single person told me they are tired of Tinubu. However, they're not going to waste their time to go and vote. Because as far as they're concerned their votes don't count. You feel me? Yep. So that's how I think, the avenue I think Tinubu will use to emerge stronger even because the apathy will mean people won't turn out to vote and his candidate will win. So Buhari and his team, they can see this. They can see that probably there might be anger on the streets, but the PDP in Lagos does not have a candidate compelling enough to yep. overturn Tinubu's power base. You feel me? So they need, they still feel like in quotes, they need Tinubu. In the south, oh. in the southeast, they need to get what twenty five percent. Whether they get it justly or unjustly, they will make that happen. Well, the, the problem they will have from people I've spoken to is because I know many of Tinubu's own advisors have tried to talk to him about this. That look, look what this man did to you the first time. Why are we trusting him again for the second time? So, a part of me still suspects that 
Tinubu might not be fully on board with this uh, Buhari game. Whoever because ensures he keeps Lagos yeah. is who Tinubu is going to go with. Yes. So, I just sent that his, his heart is not going to be in this state because he knows what this man has done to him before. So, it's going to be... I, I, I think, I don't know why, I might be wrong, but I think 2019, February 2019 is going to be a very surprising uh, election. Well, I'm here for the surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we'll be surprised that people who we thought will back one person will do the opposite I'm and back the other person. Michael, I'm here for the surprise because the way that I see it, the old political order is against Buhari right now. Yeah. And in as much as Aisha's pronouncements are driven by her own selfish desires, there's some wisdom in it where Buhari has alienated all the people who worked for him to emerge. Yeah. He has rewarded people who weren't on the scene when the struggle, in quotes, was going on. This doesn't bode well. No, it, it doesn't. But what, for me, it shows is the collective foolishness of people who were supposed to be uh, political experts. I mean, I sat down, I could figure out that, look, you cannot manipulate a president. Once he gets power, he does you what he can't. wants. You really can't. So when all these people were putting billions and pouring money into this campaign, how did they not see this thing coming? And the Buhari, I know, he's speaking for more than five minutes. It's obvious to you his limitations. Mm. So I'm surprised that even Tinubu can, can pretend to be shocked. I that mean, I think the bet that was made, you know, when I listened to my father and his, uh, his mates talk about this, the bet that was made was... Buhari would essentially leave the politicking. And this leads me to doubt the wisdom of the older ones. I mean, we younger <laughs> ones can say, we younger ones can say, oh, we made a mistake in supporting Buhari, but you were supposed to know better than us. But anyway, yeah. this, he was supposed to leave the politicking to the ACN wing of the coalition. Yeah. You feel me? That's why Tinubu felt so bold and brave as to propose a candidate for SP, for speaker, do you feel me? Because that was what he understood the agreement to be. Yeah. You will leave the side of things to me and you will face your pet peeve or fighting corruption or whatever. You feel me? And yeah. he has, I mean, to the, to the betterment of Nigerians, he reneged on that agreement because I think whatever I think about the man, and I really don't like him, Saraki's emergence as SP was a good thing for the country yeah. as a whole, right? Yeah. I don't know, but I think Baja would have made a better speaker, but in any case, Dogara's emergence as well meant that you had a legislature that is independent. Yeah. Oh, but I mean that independence hasn't really helped anybody but themselves. But still, it, you know, it, it made for more um, a, a government so, that was at least liable to be held to account. No, yes, I think the legislature to an extent has restrained a lot of the things Buhari would have liked to do. For example, even you know that there was that plan to railroad that uh, bill that would have given government ownership of the water resources in the state. Mm. So it was the fact that they didn't have the unified opposition, a unified uh, legislature that blew those things away. So I think to an extent, it's it, it worked out for, as long as every time there's elite infighting, it, work, it, it works out for the, for the, for the masses. Mm. Mm. So I, I'm happy that it happened. But like you said, the, the wisdom of the elders needs to be called into question because I don't know how they all assume that a man will get presidential power and then say, no, 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 I'll surrender. Well, I mean, I suppose they thought he'd be grateful. <laughs> well, no, but the, the, the weird thing is, sometimes you have to ask yourself the question. Like, Shinobu himself was gifted that governorship by the elders of Nadia.
Adek one, a very, a and I'm sure they regret the day till today. Yes, they gifted him that governorship, and he this he himself knows what he did to them. So then, why do you think you give someone else uh, presidential power, and you expect a different uh, outcome? It's all very crazy. I mean, move, let's let's discuss Lagos real quick. Even though I do think Lagos, it's quite obvious what's going on. I was on ground. I spoke to even the APC guys, Michael. Yeah. They feel like this is actually the nadir of Tinubu's powers in the sense that you have brought a guy who obviously is not suited for the job. Yeah. But he's been posted forward. Because his loyalty cannot be questioned. He has shown himself to be blindly loyal in the past. Hence, they can trust him to govern the state. Now, the biggest mistake the PDP made, I like Agbaje, I do. But I think they needed new energy. Well, well yes, but that's what I'm, I was saying, which is the APC is not playing fair in this process. So the types of people who would have poured money into Agbaje's campaign are afraid to do so both at the federal level and at the state level, because even Tinubu's uh, party has made it clear to many Lagos, APC, Lagos business, I mean businesses in Lagos, that if you support this dude, you're in trouble. There are many advertising agencies who are actually running away mm. from taking business. Mm. I, so, heard, I heard that repeatedly whilst I was in town. Yeah. So Tinubu is not playing fair. So in a way, like I was saying about Tiku, you can't blame Agwadi. Agwadi is, is fighting a battle with one hand, one, one, one hand tied the end back. Yes, but even his team, even his team is terrible. Because look, I'll tell you for free and I'll declare, I was ready to work with them. Yeah. I was ready to work with them, not, not, not for payment or whatever, because I'm desperate for Tinubu to be gone, right? Yeah. His team can't see the bigger picture, Michael. You feel well, me? There are, there are, wait, there are tasks that have been made difficult for you to tread. I get that. Yeah. You feel me? But there are other avenues that they can't encroach on, which is digital. I'm talking yeah. Twitter, Facebook, Nairland. They're absent even there. What's their excuse? Well, they need money now. They need money to... Because you, you're talking, if you want to get a good team, you have to pay good money to get a good team. And if he doesn't have money, then the quality of his team is not going to be as good Michael, as it should be. Some of these people are Harvard... Harvard graduates and stuff. We're not talking like Bodamufu selling meat on the road, you know. Well, well, yeah, you can be a Harvard graduate, but if I don't know, are they are they qualified? Uh, I don't. I mean, know? politically, I don't think so. Well, that's what I mean. Because I really if you want don't to pay for, so. there are people who are qualified to do this type. Michael, of stuff. are you telling me the grown Nigeria team that did so well for Saraki will be prohibitively expensive to you for Agbaje? Are you serious? Well, I, I, well, they probably need, they probably need to, I don't know. So maybe you're right, but I just think money is an issue for a budget. I don't doubt time. it. I don't doubt it. I mean, visibility-wise, look, Somolu has access to unlimited amounts of funds. The state coffers are being used to publicize the guy. It's actually psychological assault. That's the yeah. level to which he's visible. You cannot take two steps without seeing two posters of Somolu. And they've now erected a very massive, obnoxious billboard. <laughs> Michael, I was staying opposite Echo Hotel. As God is my witness, every step I took, I saw a poster of this guy's face. Every step I took. Well, the thing is, what I say to people who are complaining is, to be honest, even Ambode did not deserve to be governor. He wasn't qualified for that job. And the problem is, we, 
Okay, I can say I, I, no I don't I don't know I don't know that I agree. I think Amode was far more capable than he was allowed to be. And I use that word allowed because I interviewed several people that told me the same thing. He was more capable than he was allowed to be. Okay, for example, now there are several projects that the guy has concluded that the state citizens can't use because they are waiting for Sonwolu to operationalize them. You feel me? Well, there are several road contracts that he couldn't get executed properly because he had to award them to people who had no interest in doing well, the job. Well, 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 that's my point. My point was he was brought in as a puppet of mm-hmm. Tinubu. Mm-hmm. And we, we all knew that in 2015, but people still chose to overlook it and vote for him. So if you put garbage in, you but get he garbage didn't, out. But he didn't so, win the elections. Well, I'm not, okay, even if you say he, they rigged it and he won, but the point is, many of the same people now complaining about Sawolu knew then already that uh, anyway, Amode was being put there to be a puppet. You're right. I mean, I think, and I, 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 I can't even run away from this fact that you're right. I think a lot of people were banking on the fact that Fashola turned out to be a somewhat decent governor, somewhat decent because our expectations are quite repressed, somewhat decent governor. So they were banking on Amode being the same. But what, what a lot of people, myself included, did not realize at the time was Fashola bucked the trend. He went against Tinubu, and there was no way Tinubu would allow another candidate that would challenge him like that again. Yeah. So the, 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 the system was the problem. The Godfather system was the problem. And mm-hmm. many of us tried to point this out in 2015 that you cannot support a candidate Tinubu was anointed and expect miracles because it can't work. Yeah. So I'm, I'm one of those people that sees political history as a story. I can already see the end of this Tinubu thing is going to collapse at some point because it's a pyramid scheme. And it'll get to a point where the amount of money they are paying area boys and various Tinubu men will be so much, a governor won't be able to perform. And the governor will have to choose between paying Tinubu men and governing. And that's when the whole thing is going to collapse. And I think we're getting closer it's there. It's a because big racket, Michael. It's a big racket. Yes. Everything points back to the center. And it's a shame for me that apathy has really set in. You know, a lot of people are already defeated before the elections because they see this behemoth in front of them. As far as they're concerned, there is no defeat in it, right? Look, I mean, people don't really believe in the power of their vote anymore. Well, but that's, that's my worry. My worry is what we, uh, who I'll call the chattering classes, what we call apathy is what would actually frighten academic, social policy experts, because what they are seeing is a lot of people are pulling out of the democratic process. Mm-hmm. And what that means is, if care is not taking, there will be scenes of violence breaking out in various parts of the country. But it's already breaking the out. In the state. You now have a country that has the highest number of poor people on the planet. That 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 is a serious problem. And if we're saying those people don't trust the politicians anymore... They don't. Michael, somebody who doesn't want to be named told me a story that sort of frightened me, right? He said he went to a community. There was some ruckus in the community, whatever. Two women were fighting. Hmm? And some people came to take the women to court. One of the women absolutely refused to go to the court, but they bundled her there anyway. So when they appeared in court, now, they were told, oh yeah, talk your own. One woman yeah. said, "Ba ba ba, oh yeah, you too. Talk your own." So the reluctant woman, "Talk your own." She said her own. So the judges then conferred, and then in the end, they found for the reluctant woman that she was yeah. right, even though her wahala was too much. She was right. Yeah. Now, this court was a court run by militants. Yeah. 
this court was a court run by militants. And he said when the proceedings were over, he now went to interview the woman about her initial reluctance. She said she didn't she didn't think there were constitu constituted authorities, so she didn't think she should have appeared. But going forward, when she has issues, she knows where to go. Yes. Do you know what that means? Well, yes. The Nigerian state is losing its authority. And that's what's happening in, in Lagos, too. So, for me, the apathy is actually scary. If, if, if you were serious, no, it is. It is very terrifying because people can't go to the state for justice. The yeah. state has lost its, lost its credibility, its ability to govern, and to, to, to show people that, okay, if you do X, Y, and Z, these are yeah. the predictable results. No, but yeah, because if you read articles in Lagos, I was reading many stories where they say, People are now going to gangs. The number of gangs in Lagos is, is, is high because people are now seeing that that's the best way to, to acquire wealth yourself. and power. Yeah, and to protect yourself. Yeah. So that's a, that's a serious uh, problem for I any, mean, look at any this. thinking governor. Look at this. This guy, MC Oluomo, was stabbed. This yeah. is a tout. A fellow who makes his money by terrorizing Lagosians. And by terror, I mean, Lagosians are now used to the terror in the sense that you can't continue your business without paying these guys. They don't have jobs. Their jobs is extortion. And yeah. the state has legalized extortion. This fellow, MC Oloma, is an extortionist. Yeah. He was stabbed at an APC rally and he had police protection, Michael. So what does this tell people? Yeah, that gang violence is the way forward. It pays. So what a lot of young people are doing is they're removing themselves from civil politics and saying, look, the only way to get the attention of Tinubu is to start my own mafia. And then when he hears that I have one street on lockdown, then that's when they invite me to come and eat the national You're not cake. wrong. I mean, you're definitely not wrong. You're so not wrong. So basically, that's the new racket because it's what you reward that you develop. People don't realize that there's no intellectualism in... There isn't. It is. In fact, they will laugh at you. Yeah. You know, I didn't go to my village this time because, I mean, there's nothing there really. It's, it's, it's disgusting, you know. Um... But when I used to go, and I'll come with my, as far as they're concerned, highfalutin ideas about politics, they used to laugh. Like this one, yes, they speak grammar. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it's, a, it's a worry. But uh, my view is it, it will eventually collapse because, I mean, take the railway system. When Tinuba and Fashila were there, you could tell your campaign based on, oh, we're building this railway line. I remember Fashila was always taking pictures with that hat. Mm. Traveling one past the mm. state, and then yes. it was exciting. Yeah, high vibe, high five yeah. vest, or high yeah. vibe vest, or what do they call it? Yes. Yeah. So then they could sell it, but it's twelve years after. It's all going to be wearing helmet as well and be pointing at the same. The guy looks like a puppet. Like there is nothing he says that I believe. Like he, oh jeez, man. Yeah, because people are asking like, where is the money? Because I saw budget published that report where. The Chinese company said they spent 180 something million, or the, the, the tract is worth 180 something million. Meanwhile, Lagos is quoting billions of dollars for the same project. Yes, so. So, so, we, <laughs> so my, main, my main worry is the state will become bankrupt. A, a, a new party will take over the state and find that it's a huge financial black hole. Yep. That nobody, that in fact, all the I mean, the black hole quoting, is there. Just figures people have been pulling out of the air. Yeah. Pulling out the nether regions. The black hole is there right now. I mean, I spoke to somebody who used to work at Visionscape. And what yeah. they told me point blank was, listen, firstly, Lagos does not generate as much as they claim to generate, number one. Number two, every every Naira that's generated is already split in three ways. One, to fund the hegemony, Tinubu's hegemony. One, to fund recurrent expenditure. And the smallest pot to fund 
development, whatever that yeah. means, right? Yeah. So how do you continue that? When, when the economy has shrunk as much as it has, so you're not getting as much money coming in, but still you have all these responsibilities to fund and pay for. Yeah, so it's a, it's, it's a, it's a pyramid scheme that is usually collapsed. I just hope that uh, we have a sensible leadership who can avert the crisis because this, it's going to be messy. This hope, Michael, I don't know where to hang it because... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it, it, it can change, but just as I was debating with Ayoshogunro today, requires consistent pressure on our politicians because the one thing I've, I figured out is in as much as they are on, on thinking and on caring, their public image still seems to disturb them. Yes, but you know, the people who write their public image are also on the take, Michael. So if yeah. you if you imagine or you remember when GJ was the president, every week there'll be one scandal or the next about the military, about yeah. the Zani, about this one and that one. I mean, there's still some scandals revealed now, but they just don't get the same traction. They don't get the same traction. Like, I know if I had 50K today, I could call up one or two newspapers and tell them a story I want them to print, and it will be printed. Yes, but but obviously the, the media is not playing their role, but that's where things like the alternative media, social media, WhatsApp, uh, broadcast on various things are now getting traction. So, for example, PDP, the truth of the matter is, even after Jonathan lost, the PDP for almost one or two years was not even playing opposition. It was comatose. Hiding. Yeah, it was comatose. Social media were the opposition. Were the opposition. Mm -hmm. We were the ones that put Buhari under pressure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think if people constant, consistently make noise and put, because these guys who follow Twitter, it disturbs them when they read stuff that criticizes them. So I think we just keep the pressure up and make a pledge to ourselves that no matter who is in office, we will continue to put this guy, put this guy's feet to the fire. Then I think hopefully we can avert the coming disaster. Michael, I mean, I, like, when it comes to Nigeria, I, I used to think I had an abundance of hope that things would get better. Yeah. But I'm nearing, I'm nearing the end of that. I really am. I think the conversations I had whilst I was in town with ordinary people just has just dashed all the hope that I had. And like, like I said, the apathy is so deeply ingrained there. My own sister. I mean, I, I've said my husband, my husband is a car salesman and the guy has suffered an 80% drop in revenue. She's, she said to me, this is a man that printed Vote Buhari t-shirts with his own money. <laughs> she, she, she said to me, when I said, oh, yeah, you're not going to vote for APC. She goes, hmm, that's if I leave my house to vote at all. No, but, but, but that's the thing we need to fight. We need to galvanize people and explain to them that, look, yes, APC has failed, but we don't have any other country. So we have to fight these politicians, and I don't mean with guns, but with with what we have, put them under pressure. So, I, for example, if I could vote, I would vote for Atiku, but it is a transactional vote in the sense of I'm supporting you, but I'm putting your feet to the fire. I'm asking questions right from the campaign. If the whole of Atiku's campaign wants, let them fight me, but I'll continue to ask this guy questions because he must not get a free ride because our future and the future of our children are on the line because of misgovernance. So we need to put these people under pressure. And I, I think pressure works. Ah, oh, man. Listeners, I'm sure you can hear how uh, dejected I sound right now. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's real. It's live. It's real. All the indices that come out of the country are negative. There has been no progress. People's businesses are suffering. 
Yeah. I mean, it's this large decay. You know, the only time I felt joy. I mean, I was flexing. Don't get me wrong. I was flexing yeah. with my friends, but a lot of those friends are also considering relocation. A lot of people yeah. that I knew have dipped. They're in Canada right now. And these are people that you, you could say had good jobs, in quotes, right? Senior <laughs> people. They've left. Well, and when you, you, ha- when you have... No, I don't blame them. When you yeah. have the middle class, even the upper middle class in some instances, leaving in droves, there is a problem. Well, uh, that's why we need to put pressure on Buhari, get him out, and also put pressure on Atiku, that if he wins, he doesn't go there and relax. Because the, I, I'm sure you know the, the proverb of the, the boiling frog. If you boil the frog slowly, he doesn't notice. Mm. And what, what the APC has done is they've significantly lowered the bar. And the danger is Atiku will get into office and then think that if I do the bare minimum, because I've somehow outperformed Buhari, then it's now okay for me to rest. My worry isn't even necessarily him performing or otherwise. My worry is... He has made so many deals to emerge yeah. as a candidate that he will be serving the interests of those individuals as opposed to the country. That's well, my word. Well, that, that is true because if you look back to my tweet in 2014, 2015, that's one of the reasons why I wanted Jonathan to win because I could see that for the first time all the bad people were opposed to him. So if he had won, he would not have been beholden to any of them. He could have allowed Okonje well and all the others do their work because he was going to bring Peter Obi and the others on board as well. So these men would have been able to govern. But by Buhari coming in, we've, we've taken a few steps back. Now, Atiku has had to make promises to Obasanjo and Co. Because forget all the public talk, Obasanjo talk. Obasanjo has his own uh, selfish reasons why he of wants to the office. Of course. Yeah. So he's done the deal with Obasanjo, uh, with, Obasanjo with IBB and all these guys. And that means that the space he has to make real reform is 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 narrower yeah. because he's making I mean, promises. It's, it's, it's quite funny that, I mean, nobody knows when they're going to die, right? But yeah. all these men that are like at 5 to 12 of their lives are yeah. still determined to bend and shape politics to their will. Like, when, when will they exit the stage left? When will they go home to rest and relax? Look, these people live off power. So, for example, if you want to kill a passenger early, just exile him to Florida, and you'll be sure that within a month... He might even commit suicide on the way, huh? Obasanjo, exile him from his from his lifeblood. Yes. Because <laughs> at this point, it's not money that's driving these men. It's it's yes. their proximity to power. Yes. So people like that, it's, it's politics that wakes him up in the morning, knowing that he has power to do something. Yeah, it's wahala. It's, it's machinations. It's, it's yes. deviousness. All those things. Yes. So... That, that's the, the thing. So Atiku has made promises that what we have to do is put him under pressure, not even give him one space to relax. Because as you saw from last week, as I was trying to make the point last week, if Atiku cannot travel, that's a big problem. It is a big problem. But if Atiku now travels and you're now congratulating him that he went to America. That's also a big problem. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> the president will be able to go to America. <laughs> that's also a big problem I mean look I'm happy for him that he was able to bury that ghost but let's yes. not get distracted you know that's the reason the reason this thing was an issue for a valid reason yes. that reason bears examining okay yes. let's not act like now that he's gone everything is rosy I mean yes. come on let's be real you know yes. so, so that's my point about lowering the bar we're now getting to the point where we're congratulating a candidate that he can go to America I the, mean even MCO Luomo could go to America so <laughs> 
why why are we why is this a celebration? Because that's what Buhari has done. Buhari has been so lazy that the day he turns up for FEC meetings, there'll be big news story, breaking news. Buhari flash. attends cabinet meeting, people flash. slapping. Yeah, flash. And they'll attend the meeting, if not you. Is that not your job? They'll be doing that, they're disgusting laugh that they do for photos. Yeah. I hate that laugh so much. <laughs> Every time I see them laughing, I want to remove their filler and hit them with it. Like, are you mad? What else I mean? Like, the most basic stuff. There was a time they said, oh, he stood, he delivered his budget speech and stood throughout the process. Yes. I was thinking, who else will stand? Is it me? Is Michael supposed to stand? <laughs> <laughs> so just... Oh, God. No, I mean, I, I take your point. I really do. It, it's it's quite a shame, Michael. Yep. And every time we come together like this to record one of these episodes, we yep. hardly ever have any good thing to talk about. Well, I, I think there's there's some good news. The fact that the uh, judiciary has shown... Uh... Oh, we should discuss that. Because I, I did say you should read up on the case. We should oh, discuss yeah. that. So, um, our CJN has been dragged before the CCT for failure to declare his assets. Now, I see two distinct issues here, right? There is the fact that the timing is very suspicious. Very suspicious. And there is a fact that our judiciary has managed to carve a situation where it has essentially insulated itself from being investigated or prosecuted by law enforcement. I mean, I think the first issue is very important. Perhaps at this present time, even more important than the following issue, but they are both linked, right? The reason for me, and I'll ask you what you think in a moment, the reason for me the timing is wildly suspicious is they know a lot of these cases, these electoral victories are going to be subject to to judicial inquiries, right? So by the election, uh, election tribunals and so on and so forth. And the and and most of these cases, a lot of these cases, the, well, the gubernatorial ones are going to end up at the Supreme Court, and yeah. potentially the presidential one could yeah. also end up at the Supreme Court. So someone or some people somewhere must have deduced that this guy would not be willing to play ball, yeah. so they had to remove him, right? Yeah. Which I think is very dodgy. So tell me what you think about that before we examine the second issue, which I think is also quite important. But yeah, let's let's talk about this. What do you think about that? Well, the I suppose the, the the point is it's about stepping back and reflecting on the purpose of some of the rules and regulations that we have. Now, there's a, there's a context here. So, for example, if, if I'm elected governor or president, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to, it's a four-year term. So I'm supposed to fill in my uh, asset declaration form at the time, mm-hmm. and then four years later, when I'm leaving office, they will ask me to fill in another one to check to see if there's a discrepancy uh-huh. in what I, I now have and what I used to have uh-huh. and whether there's an explanation for that. Uh-huh. So that's the usual procedure. Yeah. Now, the fact that something is missing from the declaration does not in itself mean that you're a thief. Yes. All it means is you need to clarify why it wasn't stated I mean, the, I mean, I think the law says they should be given that right. Yes. So it is not a... You are a thief because you didn't declare it. It's more, can you explain why it's not yes, there? Yes, exactly. And then we have the conversation. Mm-hmm. So that's what will happen in the executive. Now, the, 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 the context here with the judiciary is we need to remember that many of these people get appointed first as judges in the Court of Appeal yes. or in the High Court. Yes. So that's the time you declare your assets. You mm-hmm. fill in the forms there. Mm-hmm. 
And then you now have a 20, 30-year career getting all the way to the Supreme Court as a Supreme Court Justice or even becoming Chief Justice of the Federation. So obviously, in 30 years, your assets will grow. So the things that you had in your form... when At you least if, you're, if you've got sense, your assets will grow, yeah. Yes. So what should then happen is basically what's happened here is the CJN submits, he filled that form in when he wasn't even Chief Justice. And obviously, in that time, various things have happened. And now, what, what should have been done was, okay, they should say to him, look, you're now Chief Justice. There's, it seems you now have other accounts that were not there when you filled in this previous form. Can you explain why that has happened? Mm -hmm. And I think from reading the paper, I said, oh, sorry, obviously I've forgotten because this is things that happened over a long period of time. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a reason to try to remove him unless you are saying that, okay, we saw that the money that has been put into this account came from Wiki. And we, I mean, I didn't read, I didn't read that they thought the proceeds of those funds were dodgy. It was more like he didn't declare them. That's yeah, what I read. That's what I mean. So they, they don't know if it's dodgy. If, if they said it was Wiki that paid money in, then I can understand, okay, why we want to punish him. Yes, of course. But you can't just pull out an administrative issue, which is he filled this form in 10, 20 years ago, and now we found new stuff. Therefore, remove him. Please. Now, now. I must confess, I'm not certain on the particulars of the error, but yes. I read that he gave a quote where he said he forgot. Now, well, he, he would forget. Wait, because, wait, 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 wait. Yes. If you're saying you forgot, that means, so that presents another issue, because does that then mean that he filled in new declarations prior to being appointed the CJN, or are we still referring to the same declarations he filled in when he was appointed to his last position at the yes. appeal court? Look, my own understanding of, of what I read, I don't, I don't remember the newspaper I was reading the reports, what they were saying was, it's a form he filled, in, he filled in quite a while ago. So, obviously, new things have come in, and he hasn't declared it. So, are you saying that prior to being appointed CJN, he, he wouldn't have needed to redeclare his assets? No, because once, you, once you're a judge, you declare your assets, you fill in the form. So when you move to another office, to another position, a more senior position, you don't have to redeclare at that point. No, because you're still a judge. It's not like you've been. That's what I, that's what I mean. So if you're if you're a governor today, it's a four-year term. So no. So you're, you're essentially saying if I'm moving from the match to the high court, I don't have to redeclare because yes. the declarations I made when I was a youngish magistrate judge would suffice for me to move to the high court, and I don't have to refile. Yes, that's my understanding. Are you Unless, certain? I, I don't know. I don't agree. I don't think this is right, Michael. No, because, okay, put it this way. Okay, you don't, let's just imagine a, a court of appeal judge. Mm -hmm. Some of them are there for 10, 20 years. Mm -hmm. So I started and I filled in this form. Mm -hmm. Are you going to tell me that every time I buy a new car? No, 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 no. Every yes. time you occupy a new position that warrants you to fill in the form, you would declare whatever was the difference between your old form and your new form. No, but that's what I'm saying, because I don't think that's the way it works. Because I remember reading the articles, I'm trying to find out what's going on. Why, what is, is happening here? And I remember okay, from, from we, reading the story. We need to uh, clarify yes. this, and we'll clarify it hopefully the next time we record. No, it will be established even in the court case anyway. It's, it's in the, if, 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 it, if it gets to court, or the NJC will clarify it. But mm. I think from having read and spoken to a few people in the judiciary, I can see that this, this should have been more of an administrative problem. Because if, if it's what you're saying, then I mean, yes. there is really no case at all. Because if, you're, if they're relying on potentially decade old, a decade-old form, they can't then ask him 
okay, what about these assets? Unless they're saying at the time he filled in that form initially, he held these accounts. You well, feel me? Because the dude became a judge. Even the accounts, I think, are in Standard Chartered. Mm -hmm. And even I remember when Standard Chartered came to Nigeria. I think he was probably even a judge by then. Okay. Or he was, I mean, he wasn't, I think he was probably a judge by the time they came in. Yeah. So the real question is, even if you omit, like let's use the example of Jared Kushner in America. Mm -hmm. Remember when he filled out that his FBI... Yeah, he filled it in several times, yeah. Yes, and his lawyers kept going back and saying, oh, I've just remembered this new thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I, I want to mention it. Mm -hmm. So it is not a crime if you fill in a form and you forget. Because even you will not remember all the things that you have. If they ask you to fill in an assets form, you might miss something else. Okay, okay, okay. Let's let's agree on this. I'll read further on it, but let's just agree that you're right now. Okay, so yeah. what's what's the next point? Well, so the, the next thing then should have them been for them to call him and say, okay, we saw these accounts, uh, EFCC has traced it, Wike or Atiku or whoever paid money in there. Why are they paying money into your account? You can hold me for that. But if you just want to say, it seems to me what has happened is, and from what I've heard as well, uh, the Chief Justice has indicated that he's going to be very fair and independent. By God's grace. When it comes to the election. So that's what the real issue is. Because they've got INEC on lockdown. They've got the security forces on lockdown. The only place they don't have a lockdown is the court. And they saw what happened in River State. That panicked them. The fact that he, the court declared there that... No, I mean, I don't agree that those judgments are fair. I think, in fact, since I've been listening and reading up on Nigerian law, those are probably some of the worst judgments I've ever read. Because the lower courts upheld those... The lower courts discarded those very same elections that the, high, the Supreme Court upheld. It made no sense to me. And the reason behind them upholding those elections made zero sense to me. Because INEC, within the current act, within the current Electoral Act, as constituted today, is empowered to introduce any technology that aids the delivery of the elections. Right? No, no we're not talking about uh, the card reader. I'm talking about the vote, I mean, the ruling that said APC has no candidate. Oh, this or, recent one. Okay, that's yeah. fine. Because I thought you were talking about the results in 2015. Which no, 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 I'm oh, talking about geez. the APC uh, primary. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was a fair thing to do, to be fair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when they saw that, it then dawned on them that, oh, this guy might not do our bidding if we rig and take it to court. So that's what, that's what really panicked them. That's when they said, okay, this guy needs to go. Because all of a sudden, literally it was a three-day protest. Uh, Friday, some mysterious petition appeared. I mean, um, on the same day I read that there was a petition, later yeah. on in the afternoon, the yeah. CCC had already um, released a statement. I was like, uh-uh. Yeah. So, you can see the speed with which they did it, which means well, it was the fear of what happened in the rivers that That's panicked them. Is, I mean, definitely to me this stinks. There, is, there are other motives at play here, and yeah. whether or not the Supreme Court Justice is guilty, uh, uh, Chief Justice is guilty is another matter. The speed at, at which this has made its way through the court suggests that somebody is in a hurry to get a judgment in their favor in this matter. That is what does not sit well with me at all. Yeah. Well, the reason why I suspect he's not guilty is because if, if they thought he was, you know, that, like when they tried to prosecute other judges, they said, look, XYZ paid money into his account. Yeah, but I heard that they were looking for him as well. I mean, what I heard, and I don't know if this is true because, I mean, I'd be hearing a lot of things. But yeah. what I heard was the initial reluctance to name him a CJN was owing to 
some senior members of the judiciary being uncomfortable with his conduct in the past vis-a-vis his, not his uh, judicial reasoning, but some allegations against him, Shah? Well, I don't think so. What I think was, did he want him there because, because you notice, I was as soon as Prof became vice president. Yeah, that he was confirmed, yeah. Yes, the Prof would have was happy to sign him off. He was Buhari's camp that he wants him there. Mm. Because for reasons I don't understand, okay, I understand, Buhari is still paranoid about that coup of 1985 that got him out of office. So every strategic role in, in government, he wants somebody there that he feels is loyal to him. Mm. And for, I don't, for reasons I don't understand, because in the army you're supposed to travel around the country and make friends everywhere. For reasons I don't understand, Buhari only seems to trust many northern people mm-hmm. from that close to Dara. Mm-hmm. So he didn't, he didn't have faith that this southern dude would be, in quotations, loyal to him as opposed to loyal to the constitution. So, I mean, what, what, really, what really bothers me is the optics of this is so wrong. Like, these people don't even think at all. Like, the first southern CJN in God knows how long, you're now trying to railroad him into resigning so you can appoint another northern one. And this, whether he's guilty or not, that's not what, you know, that's not to be discussed in. I'm certainly not absolving the guy, to be fair. But the optics of this, if you look at it objectively, suggest that something else is at play. I mean, well, yes, I, something is it's obvious. And I, I don't think, I think if you say he didn't declare his assets, the first question you have asked him was, can you provide a reason why you haven't done this? It's not a crime until you can prove that there was some sort of nefarious reason mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or that the money there did not come from legitimate means. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they are not even going down that not, They're not even discussing that. Yes. They I just say you have a cast to be declared, so out. Okay, so <laughs> now for, to the second thing issue I raised with you. Now, to all my readers, I will declare an interest in Nigerian law because I'm interested in the law generally anyway. So there was a decision made, I think, earlier on this year, uh, around one of the judges that were arrested, that was arrested rather, during the last raid on judges. Um, this, the appeal court ruled in Nganjua versus the Federal Republic of Nigeria 2018 that before an investigation against any member of the judiciary even commences, the NJC has had to have looked at it and concluded, and the judge in question disrobed if necessary then the police can commence the investigation. Michael, this cannot stand because this essentially means that the, that the judiciary itself is fashioning a form of immunity and creating another set of rules for judges that normal citizens enjoy. But, but, but that's where I think uh, uh, legal philosophy is important because I think the question to ask, you're looking at the things without context, and you just said a judge cannot be arrested like a normal Nigerian can be arrested, then I can see why people think it's unfair. But if you step back and look at the philosophy of governance, then you can see the reasoning behind the decision. The idea is there are three independent arms of government who need to keep each other in check. So, for example, Saraki cannot just remove Buhari unless he gets two-thirds of the legislature to agree. That's a way to protect Buhari from Saraki's However, madness. if Saraki is accused of a crime, there is, no, there is no law that protects him from being subject to investigation and prosecution if yes. the police believe that but they yes, have but a case. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So look, look at the, the loop is 
want to get directly out. The executive cannot do it unless the legislature stamps Okay, and, and if, the, if the executive decides they want to get rid of the CJ and they also cannot do it without getting two-thirds of the National Assembly to concur. Yes, so there, there are two ways. So if the CJ, they want to remove the CJN, they also have to get the National Assembly to, to, to confirm. Okay. So that's one way of protecting them. But so the second, all, of them, all of them enjoy that same level of protection per the law today. No, but, but there's, there's, there's a distinction here because that applies to the CJN. But what, they, what this rule does is the, to protect ordinary Nigerians and also to protect, yes, to protect ordinary Nigerians from executive abuse of power. They've put that rule there because... No, this, if, is, this was a judgment reached by the courts yes, this year. So I mean. it's so not a rule the, the yet. The philosophical reasoning behind it is if a judge, if Buhari, you can uh, see what Buhari is doing as well. If Buhari decides he does not like Tola's face, I want mm, this judge to remove Tola. Michael, All he needs to do is, is arrest wrong. one judge. Michael, no, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. I like. I. I can't even fathom. Like sometimes I'm. I'm open to even if I hold a strong position, I'm open to being wrong. But I can't agree with you on this. I read. I read several states' uh, uh, processes in the U.S. I read the process here. Don't forget, the NJC. Yeah is allowed to investigate and if if in the conduct of the of the performance of their duties a judge made several infractions the njc is allowed to investigate that before the same infractions are brought before the court what this ruling says is that a judge cannot even be investigated by well, law enforcement before the njc decides said judge is guilty listen let me finish so yep. the NJC is arrogated to itself the power to conduct criminal investigation, then decide on the guilt of the accused, not even for matters relating to the conduct of their duty. So are you telling me that if a judge shoots somebody and that, that action constitutes ordinarily what you would call murder, the NJC has to decide on the judge's guilt before the police can even commence well, an investigation? No, that, that's not... The thing is, it's not correct because... The reason why I know it's not correct is the EF, the procedure is the, if the EFCC or the police have evidence that a judge has committed a crime, before they can get that evidence, they have to investigate. But what they are saying is you cannot prosecute. No, Michael, you need to read the case because what you're saying is not what the case said. I have read it. Well, the judgment okay, I'll, is I'll there the clearly. The judgment example, is there clearly that you cannot commence an investigation until the NJC decides on the accused um, guilt. That is wrong. That cannot stand. It doesn't. Look, look, that is not. Is, that is not what obtains in the UK. Michael, our legal system is fashioned after the UK. Here, if a judge is accused of a crime, the police will commence investigation. The police will bring the said judge to court and he will be found guilty, then the professional body of judges will decide whether the person is still fit to continue to wear the robe after so, the judgment so the, has been the, passed. The point is, what I'm saying is, there's a philosophical basis behind it. So, 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 are you saying that the UK does not have a philosophical basis or the US doesn't have philosophical basis? Is that what you're saying? No, what I'm saying is, every country's democracy, democracy and their rules oh, have a context Michael, behind man. it. So, if you step back, you remember the Fela case, of the, I think it was the 80s or the 90s. I don't remember because I was either not born or I was a child. Oh, yes. But that's why I said the importance of political history is 
a judge was put under pressure to convict Fellow of crimes that he did not commit. And the judge had to do it because of the military government's pressure. So in that context, they put in and said, okay, look, to prevent executive abuse of power, let us first of all bring the allegation to us. And mm. if we determine that there's a prima facie case oh my God. against the judge, then we will say, no. okay, we'll hand him over to the police. So, the, so essentially what you're saying is in the instance that, let's, let's look at it like this. In the instance that a member of the National Assembly is found guilty of a crime, because we're talking, you're trying to use the idea of separation of powers and each arm of government being equal to the other. Okay, fine. Let's yeah. agree on the face of it, you're right. So you're saying a member of the National Assembly being found to be in commission of a crime, hmm, the police should hold fire and said member of the National Assembly should first present himself to the National Assembly where they will decide upon the validity of the case or the charge, find him guilty or otherwise, then the police can step in and investigate and uh, present the individual for corruption. Is, I mean, for, for trial. Is that what you're saying? So I'll say ideally, we don't want that. But what we want, what I want ideally is mm. for both sides to step down. It's a bit like saying we're two superpowers and you have nuclear weapons. And then they're saying Michael should not have nuclear weapons, even though Tola has. And I'm saying no. If you want me to get rid of my nuclear weapons, uh -uh. you need to get rid of yours as well. Uh -uh. So if we're saying we want the police to be able to arrest judges as they please, then the corollary, corollary, corollary of that is the executive needs to step Michael, step do you know that today well. example, do you know that the, today the government cannot just decide to remove a judge unless the NJC has something against said judge and has recommended said judge for removal. So as things ob obtain, even without the decision in this case, the government cannot just decide to remove a judge unless the NJC agrees that said judge has committed certain infractions, hence he should be removed. That is the that is the status quo today without this case. Well, but the point is they, they can still, look, for example, they've dragged him to the Court of Common Tribunal because it's, it's, it's sort of pressure to get him off to get him out of office he did and firstly firstly he didn't turn up and secondly lawyers even myself i agree that the presentation of this man before the cct is wrong per the rules today because number one per the ccb per the ccb act he should have been given the right to respond to the omission in question one two if it is agreed that the omission is falls under the idea of him in the in, in the execution of his duties then it should have been presented to the njc too I agree with that. We're not disputing that. What we yeah. are saying is the ruling in Nganjua has essentially said law, law enforcement cannot even commence an investigation before the NJC has had its say. Well, the, the, the question is, the reason why I don't think the logic makes sense is it is the police that report the allegation to the NJC and say, look, a judge has done this. Why should the police have to report an allegation outside the duties of a judge to the NJC, Michael? Because of, that's what Why? I'm saying. Because they need to protect the independence of the judiciary. If they didn't Man. have that rule in place, then Buhari could have literally ridden rob shot over the judges, well, which is what he tried to do. Me, I don't agree. I, like, as in, I strongly disagree. It's very strong. If there's, if strong is from 100 to 1 to 100, I am at 100. That's the level well, of my disagreement. Well, where I am is, on, on the face of it, I'll say it's unfair that I can be arrested and a judge cannot be arrested. 
But when I see the constitutional reasoning behind it, which is, i.e., we want to be able to show that, be sure that the and a rogue president cannot okay. harass a judge. Okay, Michael. But I, I see the logic. Okay, Michael. Why yes. doesn't the U.S. have the same system? Well, because, because logic, logic is not the logic, remit of just question, logic because, is not just the remit of Michael. Why okay. doesn't the U.S. have the same system? Well, Tell me. Let me answer the question. The reason why the U.S. does not have the same system is because in the U.S. the the prosecutorial powers or the law enforcement agencies are independent of the executive. So Trump cannot order uh, the Attorney General to go arrest somebody, as you saw with his beef with all the Jeff Sessions, because Trump thought that he could order Jeff Sessions to do various yeah, things. Yeah, sorry. Do you know why I don't agree? This is very useful, and your an anecdote is also very useful. The concept of co uh, separations of power comes from the U.S., right? Before yes. it was operationalized and 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 socialized into a system that they have today, the concept came from them. So conceptually, they also have separations of powers, but it does not. For example, now, the idea that a president can't be arrested is not in the law. It is yes. a custom of the, um, what is the department called? Uh, the uh, FBI. No, 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 Justice no, no. Department. no ju yeah, it is a custom of the Justice Department. It is not a law. So the president himself does not have inherent immunity. It is a custom that they've arrived at. Do you understand me? So nobody, nobody in the U.S., no one has immunity. It is a custom. But, 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 that's, but you're, I think you're, my point is the president cannot interfere with the work of the police. He cannot interfere in the work of the FBI. No, do you know what, do you know why I had to say to you it's a custom? Because you're trying to use this argument that's not based in the law to make no, your it's case. In law. No, no, no. I, no I, I agree that the president, listen, listen. I agree that the president can't interfere with the Justice Department and order them to go and arrest somebody. Fine. One. Yeah. Two, in Nigeria, there is nothing granting the president in Nigeria, per law, not per custom, per law. There is nothing granting the president the right today to order the arrest of a judge. But there's no law preventing him from doing it. There's so no are you... Says, okay, okay, okay. So you're now saying that instead of the law as written down, our laws should be predicated on customs that obtain because we have failed to uphold the law as written down. Well, what I'm saying is we, until we, we need to either codify the law and say, look, or change the constitution to make the attorney general independent, make the EFCC independent, because at the moment the EFCC is a branch of the executive. Mm -hmm. So until we get to that point where we change the law, so the prosecutors don't have to take the mission from the president, then we need this court ruling, because that's the only thing yeah, separating the powers. If not, there'll be an imbalance. I completely disagree, and I think this is another method by which the Nigerian ordinary citizen is being shafted by its elite, right? Everybody will create a class that separates them from the law that applies to the common man. Now, well, I, I am not a stranger to the concept of separation of powers, and I, in fact, I think it's best, right? However, the way the Niger Nigerian judiciary arrived at this case is laughable, it's disgraceful, it's utterly disgraceful, well, because the, the powers and protections that they are trying to arrogate to themselves today already exist in a form per current law. They have now turned around to say you cannot even investigate them. Unless well, they themselves, example. unless, wait, wait, you can't even investigate them unless they themselves agree that they have done wrong. Imagine that. Come on. Well, 
it's, it's not it's not they because the judge in question is not going to be on the NJC panel. But he's still a member of the judiciary. They're 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 classed that protect each other. They well, protect each is, other. But it's, it's a condition because even if once they say okay, he's prima facie, there's a prima facie case against him. It doesn't mean he's guilty. He has to step down. Okay, so in a in a case where where this current CJN is now brought before an NJC, which he appointed a lot of the members. That to you is your idea of justice. Well, Me, is, uh, that okay, said, I'm not saying the NJC has done it, CJM rather has done anything wrong, go, we're just hypo hypothesizing, right? Okay, okay, what I'm saying is, okay, even scrap the CJM, let's say, let's scrap the NJC, let's say there's no NJC. Even without the NJC, the only place to prosecute the CJM will still be before the court. So, this argument you're making will still be there because it will still, he will still be have to appear before the judiciary is convicted. So, Having the NJC does not change that fact. It does. Unless, Michael, unless we are it saying does. judges should not appear before the court, they should just be given. No, Michael, it does. You, and you know that's not what I'm saying, so don't be disingenuous. Yes, but that's, that's no. the All I'm saying is there's nothing wrong with. The, the reason why that rule is there is to give him. It's not a rule, it's a ruling that was made by the, by the courts themselves. So judges decided that we are a protected class and we are essentially above the law until we say otherwise. That's what they're saying. Well, they're not saying they're above the law. Okay. They're saying there's a mm -hmm. procedure for getting me punished. Okay. What, if you want to punish me, take petition the NJC. I won't be a party can you, to, just, the, to the can you Can you imagine this? Can you imagine this? This is ludicrous. Anyway, it's all good. Nigeria, now where we day, and everybody, <laughs> you know, everybody form your own body, lobby, lobby the Senate, pay them or whatever the current but system is, I, I and ensure that your own professional class has legal backing, and whenever a member of your class is arrested, they have to pass your no, muster first of all. I suppose the I suppose the contemporary example of this is what uh, Trumpolo did. Trumpolo saw that court orders were not being obeyed. They detained Asuki, they detained uh, uh, El Zagzaki, and then they ordered Trumpolo to come to court. And Trumpolo thought to himself, "Am I mad? You guys are not going to obey the order. But it's me you want to turn up to the court." So he said, "He's not coming." And in a sense, because they are now practicing a jungle type of justice, Trumpolo is justified. Because why should he turn up if he knows the, the federal government who is taking him there is not going to abide by the rules? Well, I don't disagree with that, and I don't even think that example is analogous, to be honest. But no, I, but I don't, I is, don't think your example is relevant. I'm sorry, Michael. No, it, it is because when the executive is becoming more, more aggressive, so everybody should just do what they like, basically. Then the, the judiciary too has to protect themselves. Everybody, so okay. So the, the so who then protects the normal man? Who protects your average man? Tell me. Well. Everybody is protected in the sense that the judiciary, by protecting itself, has made itself more independent. So they're more no, likely it's to made itself. It's made win. itself. It's made itself a class that can do. Look, Michael. Let's let's be realistic here. There is no arm of government that is immune from everything we've complained about for the last hour on this podcast. They are all in it together. They are all in it together. The judiciary enables the legislature and the executive to do in manner in a manner, sorry, that is against the normal natural order of things, even per our own rules and regulations. Let's be honest, the judiciary is not some sort of innocent body that only follows the law and does not seek to protect itself or to enrich itself no. or, or to whatever. So let's I'm not, not speak I'm not like that this. They are what I'm saying is we need them to be independent because that's, for example, the only reason why the in APC justice was able to be served on APC in rivers, i.e. the cancelling of their sham primaries, 
is because the judiciary is independent. Anyway, this if, is not about APC or PDP, Michael, because this is, to me, I don't, that all this is, APC, PDP is temporary. It's about yeah. the average Nigerian person. No, Where do they go saying. for justice? I'm if I sue the federal government now, because I know the, the, the judiciary has taken steps to insulate itself oh. from Buhari's interference, be braver. Okay, so okay, 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 so okay, so Buhari is going to be president forever, and as a result, the Nigerian judiciary should not be subject to investigation, even when a judge has been seen in the commission of a crime. We should wait for the NJC to decide that the judge is guilty. So the NJC is now an investigative body, a law enforcement body that protects judges from Buhari forever and ever. Okay. Well, they conduct their own okay, preliminary Michael. inquiries and say, is there a prima facie case? In the if the offense occurs in the normal execution of a judge's duties, Michael. Well, the, the point is, they, they put, I, I don't, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I'm saying I can see the rationale, the philosophical rationale I cannot. behind what they've done. I cannot, I cannot, I'm sorry, okay, I cannot. We'll, we'll have to agree to disagree. Yes, let's agree, to, <laughs> let's agree to disagree. This is, this is so deeply egregious. I laughed when I read it. I was like, you know what, it's all good. At least we can all see Nigeria plainly and clearly for exactly what it is. That is, if you're a normal person, a regular man, a regular woman, you need a gang, you need money, and you need access to power to insulate yourself from the several injustices that will be visited upon you by a political elite, a judicial elite, a legislative elite that is determined to ensure that a different set of rules applies to them than applies to you. That is that is my final word for today, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, well, uh, all I'm saying is there has to be a mutual disarmament. So I've heard well, you. we need a responsible president to step down Everybody needs to step down. They can they can pass legislation and say, look, if they want to present a bill and say no judge should be, uh, it, no that ruling doesn't apply because legislation overrides it. They can do that if they want. But all I'm saying is, it's unfair for Buhari to have all these advantages and then not expect that the other yes, arms will come. So because because them. because Buhari is going to be president forever. So every single rule and judgment and case that's decided now should be decided with a view that Buhari will be judgment will be president forever and ever. Not 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 decided in, 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 in the with a view to justice and with a view to ensuring that we entrench laws that favor and work for everybody equally. We should decide and rule on cases because Buhari is going to be president forever. I hear well, you. Well, well the, the legislature can pass laws to override that decision and the judiciary is, I, I don't think it was a supreme court decision so it's, i mean it's going to be i mean that's even part of why i think they're trying to bundle this guy out of there today because the the i suspect that he's not going to disagree with that with that judgment and it's been appealed by a cadre of very senior lawyers but thank god for that i don't think they're going to get very far but with thank god at least that they find it odious enough to appeal it so well, yes, let's see where we are and the judge could make it a, as they say, a decision in equity and say, look, this ruling only applies in a certain context. And that's where you can contextualize Michael, the ruling. Michael, go and read the case. Because the reason I'm annoyed with what you're saying, and you're, you're entitled to your own opinion, is I think your, 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 your rationale here is so partisan. You're still thinking about Buhari, Buhari, Buhari. You're not realizing that this man is going to be gone. And we are going to be left with this terrible decision going forward. But it's all good. It's all good. It's all well, good. We'll have to, when Buhari goes, uh, we'll, yes. we'll, we'll manage from there. But the other day, Nigeria has to be governed as it is, not as we, we okay. wish it to be. It's, you have a crazy executive. It's all good. You need 
Yes, all the laws should be tweaked now because Buhari is president. Essentially, now you can't even talk to me because Buhari is president. We will now pass the law because, you know, that's how we should be doing going forward. It's fine. It's fine. No, Well, that, that is political philosophy. That is government. Jurisprudence. Yes. Listen, anyway, yeah. don't listen uh, to this guy. It's for your own good. <laughs> well, let's just pray. I'm just praying either way that uh, Buhari loses in February 2019, that an article wins, although it's a qualified victory, article wins, but you must put him under pressure. So that's my prayer. Well, I'm not, I'm not really interested in presidential elections, um, but you know, I hope, I hope Atiku wins because, well, I think he'd be better than an incumbent. Yeah. But here we are. Anyway, listeners, thank you very much for hanging with us for another week. It's been very interesting and enlightening, and yeah. I'm grateful to Michael Azizu for honoring the invitation. And thank you. I will. Yes, it's been my pleasure too. You can find Michael on at Nigeria's Best on Twitter, where he's open to engaging anybody on anything politically related. Nigeria yes. in particular. Hmm? As long as it's not feminism or marriage. Or Michael, you like... don't have the range, man. Yes, I don't have the range. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, listeners, we'll catch you next time when there's anything pressing to discuss. Until then, take care of yourself and each other, and we're out. Peace.